Yearbook trutherism! Maybe the people who forged Barack Obama's birth certificate also forged the yearbook! <laughs> oh, and some of you are mad at me for laughing! Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB, the phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Let me just explain what has happened here. They're trying to sow seeds of doubt in the minds of voters by going after Gloria Allred uh, and raising questions about a forged yearbook. Um, They have avoided talking about the attempted rape and they've avoided talking about all the other people. Um, This is a this is a tactic that will be effective for some that they're focusing on Gloria Allred and by implication uh, imputing bad motives to the accuser. So they're not directly attacking the accuser, but they're steering it towards attacking the accuser without actually doing so. And they're suggesting that, first of all, can I, let me just stop here, pause for a moment, hit pause. Only in Alabama is the assistant named Delbert. Only in Alabama will the assistant be named Delbert. If it was Mississippi, it would be Bubba. In Alabama, it's Delbert. Delbert Anderson is the is the assistant, uh, not the assistant district attorney. He's the assistant with the initials D.A. That's that's what they're claiming only in Alabama. Now. And somewhere in Delbert's genealogy, there's a mobile home that went up in the tornado. That's just <laughs> I'm sorry. What are we to make of this? This is. Roy Moore's attorney and campaign manager are not running for the Senate. Roy Moore is. And so Roy Moore should be the one to come forward. It is going to be as as much as it is meant to cast aspersions on Gloria Allred and vis-a-vis her client through Gloria Allred. It will, in a lot of people's minds, particularly the people who matter, the state executive committee of the Republican Party of Alabama, cause doubts in their minds. Why isn't Roy Moore the one to do this? Why isn't Roy Moore there answering the questions? Listen, again, it is campaign strategy 101 that when you were accused with something like this and you did not do it, you go out and you stand there and you answer all of the questions all day long from sunup to sundown, everybody. And then they didn't take any questions. Uh, That in and of itself also doesn't look good. It looks like they are trying to sow seeds of doubt. And for many of you, it will be effective. You are Roy Moore partisans. I wonder how many of his diehard partisans, though, hold out as the numbers continue to come out. The National Republican Senatorial Committee polling now has him down 12. There is some polling that has him up six. Um, And I suspect the National Republican uh, Senatorial Committee polling is the least reliable because they have a motive to get him out of the race. They don't want the Republicans stuck with him. This is not a good situation for the Republican Party. Uh, and for the people who are worried about the Supreme Court, you would think that they would be saying, uh, we gotta, we got to do something here. Uh, but they got their Neil Gorsuch, so they don't care. Uh, and that may be problematic. Uh, it may be problematic because 
there is a lot of other polling out there in other races that Roy Moore suggests Roy Moore has the potential to bring down other Republicans. It is going to be a concerted effort. George Soros's group uh, is meeting in Phoenix, Arizona right now trying to figure out how they can fund and advance the resistance. And reporters out there say one of the big ways they intend to move forward is they want to tie every Republican to Roy Moore and drag down all of the Republicans with Roy Moore, uh, particularly in an age where people are outing everyone as sexual harassers and sexual abusers, in, including God himself. We'll get to that in a minute. This is this is going to weigh down Republicans and potentially costing them the Senate. Uh, at least that's the Republican theory. And in fact, they do have data to suggest that um, Republicans are going to be hurt by this. So for those of you who care about the Supreme Court, uh, you're going to have Chuck Schumer in charge of the Senate next year if Roy Moore becomes an anchor on the Senate. That's why Republicans want to force him out. He obviously is going nowhere now. We'll see what the State Executive Committee of the Republican Party in Alabama does. They can't really take him off the ballot, though. Um, th- this is more for show and spectacle, and he's doubling down. i got to tell you, though, it is just campaign 101 basics that you don't send lawyers out who refuse to take questions. You go out yourself. And you defend yourself. And him not doing that is a big red flag that there is more to the story. Yes, I know some of you don't want to hear it. But that's the way I read it, that Roy Moore is incapable of defending himself. And that's a problem for him on the campaign trail. And I'm not sure why anyone else should defend him if he's not going to do it himself. The statute of limitations is well gone. It's not like he can get arrested if he were to admit something or something were to be found out. So he ought to do it himself. Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic, plus WSB's Eric Erickson. Atlanta's Evening News, sponsored by Comcast Business. This is WSB. I like this song. Welcome. It is 26 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. The phone number 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I am not going to spend time delving further into the Roy Moore situation. I am tired. Hi there. Have people in the studio. I'm waving. I am tired of talking about the Roy Moore situation. If he's not going to come out and defend himself, um, there's there's just no reason for me to defend him. Um, I, I just I, I don't see why we need to waste our time defending someone who's not going to defend himself. Uh, when you are a candidate for office, listen, I was a campaign consultant. This is not rocket science. And his campaign lawyer and his campaign manager, they can say that they don't have a lot of staff or whatever. This is just the basics. It's what Bill Clinton did after the Paula Jones thing. I mean, you just just repeat the wheel. It's what happens every time something like this happens. You go out there, you hold a press conference, you started at 8 a.m., and you stand there and you answer every last question asked. And if it's midnight, you stay there the whole time answering every questions to show you have nothing to hide, that you are not guilty, that you did not do this, you have been falsely accused. And you answer every question. 
you don't send your lawyer and campaign manager out to go on the attack with yearbook trutherism. And by the way, just so you know, so they're saying they think that the person got the idea uh, for forging Roy Moore's signature by looking at the divorce order he entered for this lady, uh, for this lady who has the yearbook. And uh, that the DA comes after it, it's Delbert Anderson, that's his assistant who put his initials next to Roy Moore. And there's a problem with that. The Roy Moore signature on the divorce paper is Roy S. Moore. That's not how the yearbook was signed. So you're telling me that they got the idea of adding the DA, but they didn't get the idea of adding the S, his middle initial? Oh, my goodness gracious. Another accuser has just come forward. She also has red hair. I think every single one of the accusers has red hair. That's usually a sign that there's something going on. You know, for those of you who ever do this, if you call and you leave me a voicemail, we tell you on the voicemail, it may get played on the radio. Fair warning. Just want you to know I'll never listen to you again. Your comment about people named Delbert and Alabamans say a lot more about you than they do any one of people of those categories. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm sorry. Of all the things I've said to make people turn off this program. <laughs> I, I, never mind. <laughs> okay. I'm glad to have that moment of, I'm glad to have that moment of levity for all of you. No, I'll never listen to you again. Your comment about people named Delbert and Alabamans say a lot more about you than they do any one of people of those categories. Thank you. Goodbye. At least she's polite. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Y'all, so there's another accuser. We're going to keep having this drip, 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 drip. This is a woman who she was, let's see, dun, dun, dun. Um, she, a Gadsden woman. Uh, oh, this is 1991 when he was married. This is the first one post-marriage. Um, Tina Johnson recalls that in the fall of 1991, she sat in the law office of then-attorney Roy Moore on the 3rd Street in Gadsden. Her mother, Mary Catherine Cofield, sat in the chair next to her. Moore sat behind his desk across from them. Johnson remembers she's wearing a black and white dress. Almost from the moment she walked in Moore's office, Johnson said Moore began flirting. He kept commenting on my looks, telling me how pretty I was, how nice I looked. He would say my eyes were beautiful. It made me uncomfortable. Johnson was 28 in a difficult marriage, headed towards divorce and unemployed. She was at the office to sign over custody of her 12-year-old son to her mother with whom he'd been living. Her mother had hired Moore to handle the custody petition. 
at one point during the meeting, she said Moore came around the desk, sat on the front of it just inches from her. He was so close she could smell his breath. According to Johnson, he asked questions about young daughters, including what color eyes they had, if they were as pretty as she was. It made her feel uncomfortable when the papers were signed. Her mother got up to leave. When the mother walked through the door first, she said Moore came up behind her. Uh, at this point, he grabbed her butt buttocks as the article says he didn't pinch it he grabbed it she was so surprised she didn't say anything she didn't even tell her mother she said she told her sister years later how more made her feel uncomfortable during the meeting uh, her sister confirms that they did have that conversation okie dokie uh, and yes according to the uh, Birmingham newspaper there uh, court documents from 1991 detail the custody transfer it was signed by Roy Moore Attorney, it lists his address at 924 3rd Avenue, Gadsden. So all that holds up. We have another one. And wait, hang on a second. There's another one now. In 1982, Kelly Harrison Thorpe working as a hostess at the Red Lobster. Uh, it's always the Red Lobster where these things happen. In Gadsden, she was 17, a high school senior. Moore came in the restaurant. She recognized him. Public figure, small town. She said, da 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 Moore asked if she'd go out with him sometime. I just kind of said, do you know how old I am? And he said, yeah, I go out with girls your age all the time. Thor told family members but did not tell the story publicly. She moved away from Gadsden the following year, just recently moved back. Um, and let's see. Uh, yes, um, there are people, other people confirming that she told them at the time. So we have all of these things where we have people who um, are coming forward. They told people in real time at the time, uh, and we don't have a judge coming forward to answer all the questions, and that's what we need. We need Judge Moore to hold the press conference and answer every single question he gets asked, no matter how uncomfortable, be as truthful as possible. Uh, and he's not doing that. And that should be a warning sign for everyone in this race. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Let's go Isaac in Flowery Branch. Welcome. Hey, Miss. Hey, Eric. I was just calling. I wanted to let you know, um, based on the last caller saying that she'll never listen to you again, I'll let you know I'm listening to you, and I will be listening to you <laughs> from now on until I could... I, just, I don't know. That's just ridiculous to me. And I just wanted to let you know and just give you some encouragement. I, I appreciate it. And I thank you for stopping yourself before calling me Mr. Erickson and calling me Eric. Because yeah, my dad well. is still alive and I refuse <laughs> to be called Mr. Erickson. And I'm still a young guy. And <laughs> Well, so Isaac, do you know how you tell the difference between the Alabama logo and the Braves logo? Uh, no, sir, I don't. You look for the mullet on the A. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that one for a minute. Thanks very much for calling. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. There's an Alabama fan out there right now who's very upset with me for that. But it's true. I, I saw that. I was actually coming to the office. I was riding down Peachtree Street last year, I think it was, and someone had that. And just it was huge across the entire back window of their car. How do you know an Alabama fan from a Braves fan? Look for the mullet. And it had a had the Alabama logo A with the little curly Q thing coming off the top of the A circled. Yep. Alabama got a mullet on its A. <laughs> Oh, I never thought we would go there tonight. So we do need to move on. Um, we do have implications for Republicans in Roy Moore's situation. We do have the tax reform bill. Uh, is it dead? Are they going to do the individual mandate? Uh, what the heck is happening in Zimbabwe? And did you know that Christianity 
is a religion of rape. That's right. It is a religion of rape. It is a religion about rape. It is a religion that celebrates rape, according to experts. Who are those experts? Well, a bunch of heathens who will one day probably burn unless they repent. But nonetheless, that's what they're saying. The Virgin Mary was raped, and we should stop celebrating Christmas. I'll tell you the details. News, analysis, and conviction. Atlanta's Evening News with Eric Erickson. Sponsored by Comcast Business on WSB. Yo, I, I want to spend some more time about this in the next hour, but I don't want to leave this hour without raising the issue. The Democrats suddenly throwing Bill Clinton under the bus. Here's the problem, and Ben Shapiro pointed this out, and he's right. If in the 1990s Republicans hadn't gone after Bill Clinton for perjury, as the Democrats are now saying they shouldn't have done, they should have gone after him for forcing Monica Lewinsky into an inappropriate relationship with him, they would have attacked back and said she was empowering herself. She was empowering herself because you literally had women defending Bill Clinton saying they would have done that to him because of all he was doing for women's empowerment. They would have been glad to have gotten on their knees for him, just like Monica did. She was a hero. You can't win with these people. Everything is for political advantage for them. Everything is. And now they're coming out and throwing Bill Clinton under the bus because Hillary's not like, does anyone believe that they would be doing this if Hillary were president? No, of course they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't be doing this. But now they can because she's never going to be president and Bill's never going to be president. And they're without power for the first time since the 1990s. And so now they can throw him under the bus. That's not brave. That's cowardice. You're going back and repenting and you're doing it for political opportunism because you defended Bill Clinton just like conservatives in Alabama are defending Roy Moore because it's all about the acquisition of power. And now that they can't get you, say, oh, we're so sorry we did this. I've, I've repented, and now you've got to repent on Roy Moore. Listen, I'm, I'm not down with the whole Roy Moore thing, given the flood of accusations and whatnot, but no. Um, why don't you go to Hollywood and start tearing up the Hollywood uh, Star Walk? Because you're tearing down Confederate monuments and statues to George Washington. Meanwhile, you've you've got stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame to all these people who are sexually harassing and sexually assaulting. Rip them out. Let leave the statues alone. Rip out the stars. It's nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. And no, I'm not going to sign your yearbook. I'm just not. I know. I mean, he was in his 30s. I'm in my 40s. I mean, even a grown man signing high school girls yearbooks who isn't a teacher at the school. I think I'll pass. Judgment calls. You know, I have so much stuff I want to talk about, and I'm going to talk about this article that has just been galling me since yesterday. A four, first of all, the woman was a what United Church of Christ pastor for a while, which tells you everything you need to know. 
the the UCC is is as far removed from Jesus as, as the Episcopalians these days. Um, and she's writing that essentially Christianity is a religion of rape. You know, she would never write this about Muslims. But she'll write it about Christians who will turn the other cheek instead of blowing her up. She says, Mary, according to the gospel of Mary, Mary was 12 and Joseph was a dirty old man. But Joseph doesn't matter because God himself raped Mary. And so every year when we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating rape. Y'all, there are crazy people in the world, and then there are crazy feminists. And crazy feminists take crazy to a whole new level. And this woman is one of them. And, you know, a, a Democrat friend of mine who is a Catholic says that the people who are the biggest haters of the faith are lapsed Catholics. That lapsed Catholics hate Catholicism more than atheists. And I, I suspect that uh, this, this lady is uh, lapsed in her faith, and those people do tend to hate the faith more. But I, the reason I'm bringing this up, why is this even newsworthy when there's so much going on? Because we are about to get flooded with these. I mean, just last week, the LA Times runs an article that everybody knows that the homeschool community is rapey and, and the evangelical community is rapey and they cover up the rapist and they cover for the rapist and they are the rapists. And there are legitimate issues within churches turning their eyes to accusations of abuse. There are, and we should not dismiss them, but we should also recognize that there is an organized effort on the left to define people of faith as terrible people. Because we're bigots because we won't bake the cake and, and we're bigots and close-minded because we won't accept that boys can become girls and we subsidize and support and worship rape because of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, impregnating Mary. Here's the problem. First of all, uh, you're wondering, this woman quotes the Gospel of Mary. Where is that? Well, the Gospel of Mary is a Gnostic heresy. It was found in the 1950s, I think, uh, in a in a large clay pot under a rock in Egypt, along with a number of other Gnostic Gospels. The Gnostics were a cult. They are a cult. They have returned, and they believe— It's very funny because this was a topic in class today in, in seminary. I had my last class of the Gospels today, and we talked about this, and I was going to talk about the story anyway, so it just fit very well. Uh, the Gnostic Gospels are heresies from a cult that believed you didn't have to have saving faith, you had to have saving knowledge, and that knowledge was secret, and you had to seek out that knowledge, and through that knowledge you would get salvation. The Creator was bad, uh, but there's a good God uh, through Jesus, and uh, there's a Gospel of Mary. Now, the, the Gospel of Mary is not the Virgin Mary. The Gospel of Mary is Mary Magdalene, but that Gospel recounts that Mary is, is 12 and therefore raped by the Holy Spirit, by the Creator. And this person is pushing it as fact, as if the church believes it, because it, she has every interest to do this. Now, why? Thank you, sir. So why is this woman, why are all of these people suddenly piling on Christians? Well, one, it's politically convenient because of the Roy Moore situation. They get to nur settle nurse grudges. But two, it goes back to the defense of Bill Clinton stuff that's happening. All these Democrats who are suddenly piling on Bill Clinton because it's con politically convenient for them to do now that he's not in power and Hillary's not going to be president. 
um, it allows them to try to stake out moral high ground where they otherwise don't have it. And it is very hard to stake out moral high ground against Christianity unless you begin by laying the groundwork that all Christians are rapey. They, they worship rape. That Christianity is all about rape. And they're doing this because of a series of cases at the Supreme Court. I mean, long picture here, but you've got the case before the Supreme Court where the guy who's a Christian baker in Colorado was willing to bake the cake for the gay clients. He was willing to provide them a cake for their wedding. But they wanted him to do certain customizations with his artistic talent, and he declined to do those customizations. So he was willing to bake them the cake for the gay wedding, but he wasn't willing to basically put the two men wedding topper on it. He said he'd give them the cake. They could put on whatever they wanted to put on it. And they said no, and the Colorado Civil Rights Commission said it was Nazi-like behavior to provide someone a cake for their wedding, but not to do all the customizations is Nazi-like behavior. That case is before the U.S. Supreme Court. The other case before the Supreme Court that is tied to it is the case of Baronel Stutzman. Her case is going to the Supreme Court. She's a florist in Seattle, and she has gay clients. She has a lot of gay clients. And one of those gay client couples came to her and asked to provide flowers for their same-sex wedding, and she declined. They did not press charges against her. One of them, the one who was married to her client, um, he, on his Facebook page, ranted about it. They went somewhere else. They were able to provide the flowers. Well, the government of Washington State pursued Baronel Stutzman. They are in the process of taking her home, taking her retirement. Uh, there's even a claim out she has a, a purebred dog, and they have suggested they might sell the dog to pay what she owes. They, her business is basically gone. Uh, they've, they've, they're taking all the profits and punishment for her refusing to sell flowers, give flowers for a religious ceremony that uh, she finds offensive to her religion. It's not that she wouldn't provide flowers for gay people because she will. She had plenty of gay clients, just like Jack Phillips in Denver was willing to provide the cake for the actual wedding, and that still wasn't good enough. So the way that they have to get around this is that they have to stake out moral high grounds that these people are bigots, they're bad, Christians are terrible, they should have no standing in government, they should have no standing in the town square, and to delegitimize the faith that is the most common in this country, they have to tell an increasing number of people who have no sense of religion that this is a religion premised on the violent rape of a woman by a god, and they cheer it on. Now, never mind that Mary was willing. Yes, God came to her and said, she's the chosen one, but she submitted. She did not say no. And I have a real hard time believing that Mary, if she said no, God would say, I'm going to do it anyway. But that's what they have you have to have you believe. And so what they're doing is they're taking heresies and these Gnostic Gospels that are not recognized by the church, sometimes are forgeries, and in every case lie, and they're using those to discredit the church. It is all about discrediting Christianity in America. That is why Roy Moore is so convenient to the left right now, because he is a useful tool by which they can discredit uh, Christianity. 
because he's seen as the evangelical candidate in the same way Todd Akin was, that they want to. That's why Christians in politics have to at all times be on their A game. They absolutely have to be on their A game. And that's why Moore needs to come out and defend himself instead of hiding behind lawyers and dumb claims. And he's not. So he's hurting the cause and the left knows it. And unfortunately, too many people on our side are playing into this by doubling down on stupid and defending things they shouldn't defend. And they know it. It is all about defining Christianity in the public square as a bad religion premised on rape that is full of bigots. As these cases go to the Supreme Court and more and more people are growing up in atheist households and they think that Christians, well, they're different from us. They have kooky beliefs, but they're not bad. And all these people are trying to tell them, yes, they are bad. They are bad. They are bad. And one of the things they have to do to do that is, well, they got to repudiate Bill Clinton now because it was those Christians back in the 90s who were repudiating him. And now they can say, look at these Christians. They, they, they don't do this anymore. They're fully embracing their rapey religion. It's all about distinguishing them. Salesmanship. Eric Erickson and Atlanta's Evening News. Who is that guy? I love the information you need and the truth you demand every night on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Atlanta's Evening News is sponsored by Comcast Business. It is 26 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. It is my time to tell you about the highly delicious Omaha Steaks offer that you can get for $49.99. Folks, it is about $200 worth of food. Uh, and it, to put that in perspective for you, it is a large cooler and it will fill up your freezer. It is a lot of food. I know because I got it. Uh, and it is good stuff. $49.99. Here's what you do. It's my family gift pack. You go to omahasteaks.com. You enter my first name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, in the search bar. 75% off. Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving you exclusive savings. Now, I want you to listen to everything you're going to get. And it is for less than $50. Two filet mignons, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops. I had those the other night, fried, fantastic. Four boneless chicken breasts, which I put in gumbo. Four kielbasa sausages that I put in the gumbo with the chicken. Four burgers, four potatoes au gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha Steaks seasoning packet, and get four additional kielbasa sausages free. You go to omahasteaks.com, you enter my first name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, in the search bar, and get a 75% savings. It is going to be hit with your family. It's going to be hit with your friends. Get it through Thanksgiving. Christmas season coming. This is a great gift for friends and family, business colleagues. Go to omahasteaks.com right now. Don't forget, you put my first name, Eric, in the search bar. When we come back, the Republican tax plan, do they have a clue? Are they going to get this done? I'm not sure. They want to get rid of the individual mandate, and now Ron Johnson, the senator from Wisconsin, is coming out and saying he's opposed to it this time. It seems to be this little kabuki theater with uh, Senate Republicans. Two of them always come out and say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not supporting it. 
and then they, they gotta they gotta fix it for them, and then two more come out and say, well, well, I'm not supporting it. So then they gotta fix it for them. And then two more come out and say, I'm not supporting it. And you know, if they lose um, the seat with the Roy Moore election, well, that's going to be really problematic because then they'll only be able to lose two total people. Because right now they can lose two and Mike Pence can break a tie, but um, they'll only be able to really lose one after that. It's going to be real problematic for them, which is why they want more to drop out. They're just convinced the damage is too much. So we will see. 404-872-0750-1800, WSB-TALK, them's the numbers. When we come back, I'll break down for you what I know about the Republican tax plan, the Senate. It shifts to the Senate now as the House passes its plan, which is largely dead on arrival in the Senate. I promise I really want a war or plague or something to happen so that I can talk about something other than Roy Moore. I'm tired of talking about this, but Ivanka Trump just had a press conference and she was asked about Roy Moore. And here is what Ivanka Trump said, quote, there's a special place in hell for people who prey on children. I've yet to see a valid explanation and I have no reason to doubt the victim's accounts. Yikes. The kids these days would tweet that with the little fire emoji after it. Now I am going to move on. Tax reform. It is a boring topic, admittedly. Um, But the politics of it are fascinating because it is such a hard thing for the Republicans to get uh, a handle on. And here's the problem. They promised us not just tax reform, but tax simplification. And there's going to be no simplification of this. You're going to have to go use all sorts of calculators to figure out whether your taxes are going to go up or go down under this plan. It's not simplified. Now, on the business side, it is a good plan. On the business side, it is it, it will really stimulate the economy, or at least it should. It will allow companies to return, to repatriate profits is what they call it, return money to the United States that sits in bank accounts abroad. And that is a good thing, and it's a good thing for all of us. Now, the left will tell you that this is just a giveaway to big corporations. I've played you the audio before. That's what they're saying. What you need to understand is that when that money comes back to the United States, one, is going to be taxed, and it hasn't yet been. So it's either going to sit abroad and not be taxed, or it's going to come back and be taxed at 20% instead of 35 That's not a bad thing. But then what's going to happen is that money, when it comes back into the United States, is going to be spent largely in the United States. That is going to improve the sales tax rate for certain places. It's going to improve uh, companies' ability to upgrade and in their abilities to upgrade, their abilities to hire, and on and on it goes. It looks like small businesses will be treated better under the Senate plan than the House plan, and I was okay with the way they were treated under the House plan. It wasn't great, but, you know, so... I'm trying to simplify this, and and some of you who are experts will get mad at me saying I'm oversimplifying, but here's the thing. When a corporation pays taxes, it can also pay a dividend to people. Some of you get dividends in stocks you own. I get stock, for example, from Apple. I own stock in Apple. They pay a dividend, and when I get the dividend, I get taxed on it. So the corporation gets taxed on that money, and then I get taxed on the dividend. 
The reason the House was treating LLCs and partnerships at a higher rate of income taxation than corporations is because they were contemplating that double taxation. That corporations don't get in than the individual does, so they were raising the uh, LLC rate to contemplate both of those taxation situations. And I get that, and I think I, I wish they wouldn't have, but I think it was a reasonable compromise to make. But a lot of individuals under the House plan, we're actually going to see a tax increase. Under the Senate plan, some will. I may be. I don't know. Uh, and it's going to be across the board, by the way. There will be people in every tax bracket that get a tax increase, not just the wealthy. Most people in every tax bracket will get a decrease. It's just they're getting rid of certain uh, deductions and certain credits. And so that's going to cause some people to pay more in taxes. My overarching concern and problem with all of this is that the Republicans promised us real tax reform, not just tweaks to the tax code. They promised us a more simplified tax code. There is a great cost to doing business in this country because of the tax code and tax compliance. Those people who run small businesses, I do, the Resurgent, uh, Resurgent Media LLC, it, it, I got to pay an accountant to do the taxes. It, it, is, a, it is not easy. I got to pay an accountant to do my taxes. It is not easy. And the House had the audacity to say they weren't even going to allow you to deduct the cost of your accountant doing your taxes anymore. So they're going to complicate the whole thing and then tell you, you you're going to have to eat the cost for their complications. I don't think that's right or fair. And they promise simplification, and it's not going to happen. And that is the big problem with what the Republicans are doing. Maybe not as big a problem as traffic. For some of you, though, we better go check with Doug Turnbull. Thank you, sir. Uh, Y'all, I'm disappointed in the Republicans. It has nothing to do with Roy Moore. And it has everything to do with all these situations. Uh, Mitch McConnell says they want to get rid of the individual mandate in tax reform. And I think that's all well and good, and they should. And it's interesting to see liberals come out screaming, saying you can't do health care policy and tax reform. Well, guess what? The Supreme Court ruled it was a tax. You guys denied it. You said, no, it's not a tax hike. Well, the Supreme Court said it was. So if it's not a tax, then it's unconstitutional, according to the Supreme Court. So you got to treat it as a tax. And guess what? If you're treating it as a tax, it can be covered in tax reform. But I'm just I'm disappointed that they're not doing more. They need to give people a reason to vote for them because they're going to be on defense since they control the White House. Every White House loses um, House seats, and every White House tends to lose Senate seats. George W. Bush in 2002, it was the first time that that hadn't happened in a while, and that was because of 9-11 and the war. But it happened with Reagan. It happened with Bush. It happened with Clinton. It happened with the other Bush. It happened with Obama. It goes, I mean, it, it, it is a pattern. It happened with FDR. It happened with Truman. It happened with Eisenhower. It happened with uh, JFK. It happened with Johnson. It happened with Nixon. On and on and on it goes. So, yeah, they're going to lose seats. But they can mitigate the losses by giving people a reason to vote for them, by giving their base a reason to turn out. Here's my suspicion. I think the Democrats are going to give Republicans more of a reason to turn out than the Republicans are going to give them. Because the Democrats are going to go full off on this impeach Trump nonsense. And that's going to inspire his voters to turn out to protect him. He's going to crisscross the country and say, if you don't turn out and, and vote for Republicans, the Democrats are going to impeach me and they're going to turn out. 
And, you know, Democrats don't like to acknowledge this one thing, um, that there are a lot of black voters who actually they're not as negative on Donald Trump as Democrats would have you believe they are. Yeah, the polling shows that they're horrified by the rise of white supremacy in this country and white nationalism and whatnot. They have every reason to be. I'm horrified, too. It's a terrible thing. But they don't necessarily blame the president, Hispanic voters as well. They don't see that their lives have measurably been made worse by the Trump administration. And the Democrats are all into fear-mongering and race-baiting. They're still playing on the 1980s card that they used against Ronald Reagan. And I just, the Democrats have a great potential to overplay their hand. My problem, though, is that Republicans are doing nothing to mitigate what they know is coming, and they should. Eric Erickson. You may not always agree with him, but you know he's not going to spin you every day. 5 till 7, News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. Fifty-five after the hour, Eric Erickson here. Y'all, NBC News runs think pieces. They are opinion pieces. The network claims they don't endorse the views, but, uh, well, they went out and sought this person. They gave this person the blessing to print the view, and it is that the number of children you have is a moral issue, and the more children you have, the more immoral you are. Why? Because children are filthy polluters. And in an age of climate change, the less you have, the fewer kids you have, the better for you and for the planet. I swear to you people, Christianity is the most countercultural thing on the planet today. Uh, Be fruitful and multiply versus it's bad for the planet if you do. You know, by the way, I I have been told by more than one environmentalist that uh, one of the concerted efforts of making cars smaller in this country is not just for fuel efficiency, but it is to dissuade people from having large families. Because if you don't make a Suburban anymore, you can't fit six kids in the back with all their junk. If everybody's riding a Prius, you're only going to have one or two. You know, given the amount of pollution that cows cause, it's only a matter of time before they threaten to kill all the cows. You know, what was that old Steven Spielberg TV show about the submarine, was Sequest or something, where it was set in a future around now and cows were prohibited um, because of global warming? I kid you not. Uh, everyone had to eat synthesized hamburgers. Because cows were banned because of the methane they produced that caused the ice caps to melt. By the way, according to some NASA scientists in 2009, the polar ice caps should have completely melted by now. Yes, that's right. By now, by November of 2017, there should be no ice in the Arctic. And yet, there's a lot of ice in the Arctic. They were wrong on that as well. They're wrong on this. But remember, it's all about environmentalism is a religion that competes with Christianity. 